Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we want to give you the second part of what I believe God gave me for all of us. We said that the series is called uh, God Wants Us to Go to a Higher Level in Five Areas. And the last two messages, messages that I talked we said that God wants us to go to a higher level in intimacy with him. And so we'll start reviewing that, and then we'll go to today's message. Now, when you think of going to a higher level in intimacy with God, why would we do that? Why would we want to do that? Because it's time-consuming. It's really time-consuming. It really completely fills our mind and our attention when something consumes us. And so why would I want to go through the effort of doing that? Well, one reason is that we'll get to know him better. And you know that because all the young people who are not married yet, you know, as I said, yet, what happens is that if you do meet somebody that you think, they're pretty nice. What if, well, you want to get to know them. Is that correct? You want to get to know them better. And the only way you're going to get to know them better is spend time with them. You're going to have to spend time with the one that you want to get to know better. You want to find out everything about that person. You want to find out how they think in this situation. What do they think about children? What do they think about educating children? What do they think about uh, if, if I can't work, what do you think about, what do they think about if I want to homeschool? What do they think about, it's everything. You want, to, you want to find out everything that you possibly can about the person. In particular, you want to find out what's going to happen when things don't go the way they are planned. Because uh, if you don't find that out, what happens is that you can be surprised that they don't, act, they don't react well when things don't go their, well, their, their, their way. So you're going to try to get to know that person. And the, and the same thing it is with God. Matter of fact, we, we told you about John. We went over John 17, verse 3. It told us that this is eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ who you sent. So spiritually, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to get to know the one who we serve. And we said we also need to trust them more. We need to not only trust them more, we need to experience them more. Very important. Then the second message I did, uh, we did on um, intimacy also, but we went over another area of intimacy is how do you develop that intimacy with God? How does he say he wants us to develop that intimacy? Well, one, one area is embracing God's precious and magnificent promises. Let's review Second uh, Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2 and verse 4. Let's start there. It says that, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, 
by the, them who? The precious and magnificent promises. We may be become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruptions in the world. So if I want to become partakers of Christ's divine nature, then I need to embrace his precious and magnificent promises. Because he has a lot of promises, we stated in the Bible, a lot of promises. And matter of fact, that's one promise right there, that, that if we want to become partakers of his divine nature, we have to embrace his magnificent and precious promises. Well, if I embrace his precious and magnificent promises, I should become a partaker of his divine nature because he said so. Only because he said so. Then in verse 5, it says, Now, for, these very, for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. Into your moral excellence, knowledge. And so on and so forth that we went over. Also, you can add in, in there the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those type of things, long-suffering, uh, goodness, kindness, all those things. We can add those also. Now, how do we, how do, we do that? Look at verse 8. Let's review, review that. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, that means they can increase, you can get, you can get more loving, you can get more long-suffering, you can get more uh, faithful. We, these things can grow. If, we, if, the, if, we, if they're ours and increase, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we said that true knowledge is different from the knowledge that, that we talked about above, uh, which is to add to your uh, faith, uh, these things, and faith knowledge and those things like that. The, the, the knowledge in there is fragmented knowledge. This knowledge, the true knowledge, is actually a knowledge that is complete. This knowledge is where we have really started partaking of the uh, fruit of our labor of trying to increase our joy, trying to increase our love, trying to increase these things. Uh, we, we start practicing. We get better and better and better, and we start having a more complete knowledge because it's, it's spiritual knowledge. It's not just, just regular knowledge. Therefore, it says in verse 10, let's go to verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about your calling. This is his calling, but your calling and choosing, his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. King James said you'll never fall. Well, I want to practice. I want to practice, I want to practice, I want to practice. Now, let's go to another reason why we want to really work on knowing him with a complete knowledge. We want to really be just like Jesus. That's what we want to be. We want to be 
able to talk to somebody, and they said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I want you to, can you show me Jesus? And what should you say? When you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. You say, oh, no, 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 I will never say anything like that. I will never say anything like that because uh, if they see me, there's no way in the world they're going to see Jesus. Because I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. Well, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. What you have to be is practicing his character qualities. And as you practice, the Holy Spirit is going to use you to uh, demonstrate what Jesus is like. You know, I, I was thinking that, um, that we have people who are not Christians who practice being kind. Uh, it, it, was, it was a situation that happened, and um, it, was, it was a lady who, who, who died, passed away across the street from us, and, and there was a lot of cats uh, because uh, they didn't get them, they didn't get them uh, spayed and all that kind of stuff uh, fixed, as they might call them. And they kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. But they would sleep over our house on our deck and go over to her house to eat. And when she passed, there was nobody to feed them. And I said, well, I'm going to not feed them. I'm going to let them starve to death. And <clears throat> that's not very kind, is it? <laughs> it's not very kind at all, you know. Uh, but there are we, I have a kind person, uh, a couple of kind people, but one particular in our family, Brandon, she loves animals, and she said, well, I'm not going to visit you anymore. I'm never coming over here. <laughs> I, said, I said, why not? Because you're going to let the cats starve to death, and they're going to be uh, walking around, skinny and everything, and they're going to wither away and die right in the driveway. And, and I said, well, Brandon, you don't understand. If I feed them, they'll stay here. And how many of you know that that's true? <laughs> well, the only problem is that uh, I'm going to have to walk the talk. And a character quality of Jesus is that he's kind. He's kind. Would he let an uh, animal that he, he, he you know, he created everything, didn't he? There's nothing that's created that didn't go, come through Jesus. Is that correct? Nothing. So if he's kind and I'm mean, then when somebody sees me, they surely can't see Jesus in that area. So what happened was that uh, Brandon said, I don't know what to do, Dad. I don't really don't know what to do because it's, it's not right for this to happen. And... Uh, I said, well, just pray about it, sweetheart. That's a good answer, isn't it? You know, <laughs> let's pray about it, you know, pray about it. I'm not going to do anything, but you pray about it. See what God tells you to do, you know. And so what happened was that uh, she prayed about it, and she met this lady who knew somebody who trapped cats. And so the lady came over, and she said, oh, I'll take care of them. She trapped them all and, uh, and had them fixed and everything, but you had to bring them back to the place that you found them. 
so they brought him back to our house. And so, so Brandon said, well, I'm going to get the neighbors to help you feed the cats. Will you feed the cats? I said, yes, I'll feed the cats because I love you. Uh, and so that's the only reason I'm going to feed these cats. You know, you know. And so um, and as I, I, was, I was thinking about it, God started dealing with me because I said, Brandon, why don't you witness to this lady? Now, the only problem is that I, I would have spoiled every witness that possibly could have been done because I'm supposed to be a minister of the gospel, yet this lady is more kind than me. That's, that's, a, bad, that's a bad thing. And, of course, I would want her to see how kindness works, but it wasn't going to work that way unless I did something. So Brandon said, well, I got some neighbors that are going to help you. I got some neighbors who uh, help uh, buy food and all like that. All you have to do is feed them. And, and so she got the neighbors to help out and everything. And what happened was that uh, the neighbor next door, he said, we'll take three days out of the week. No, he'd take four days out of the week, and I'll take three days. I said, okay. And so I had to feed the cats. Uh, I, well, let's change. I get to feed the chick cats uh, <laughs> three, three days out of, you know, each week. And uh, I haven't gotten to the point yet that, that I talk to them. <laughs> you know, I don't say anything to them. Uh, and and they, they want it. They, when they see me, they hop around. Boy, they, they're ready to eat, you know. Uh, and I could say, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. But I don't. Yet. Yet. Because God's working on me. Uh, but that lady, since she saw that I had some kindness about me, when we went on vacation, Brenda asked her, would she watch our cat and, and take care of the cat? And she said, yeah. So she would come in the house, feed the cat, uh, uh, hold the cat and all that kind of stuff. And that's usually unheard of is a stranger. Uh, we give them a key to it, come in our house to do that. Uh, but I tell you, that lady uh, is kind to animals. And we have people in here kind to animals. We really do. Don't, don't we, Linda? We have people kind to animals. And you wouldn't want to have me stand up here talking to you about kindness and know that I killed 14 cats <laughs> by starving them to death, you know? And so we can, we can, in a, in, in a, in a small way, say that when you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. If we practice kindness, and the, the great thing is that the Holy Spirit is going to give all of us opportunities to practice kindness, to practice love, to practice um, long-suffering. And how is he going to uh, give us opportunity to practice long-suffering? All of you know. He's going to give you what? Somebody that you're going to have to suffer long with. Right? Might be in your household. You know, uh, it might be a mate that won't do what you think they need to do, you know, uh, because we all have differences and things like that. Uh, some people like to uh, commode seat down, some like it up, you know, and after a while, you know, it gets irritating 
uh, if it's not done the way the person wants it done. Uh, so uh, you have to learn how to try to please somebody else besides yourself. And that's called thinking of others more than yourself. And that means that uh, we are being more like Jesus because he thought more of himself than he thought about uh, us. Is that right? Or just opposite? Which one is it? It's just opposite. Because actually, as we go into the second, second uh, thing that we want to do, is that God wants us to increase our personal outreach. Our personal outreach. And the first scripture is John 3.16. And all of you know about heart. Is that right? Because for God so loved the world. Now, when did he so love the world? When the world was, oh, man, we were so loving. We were so kind. We were so in love with him. He said, well, they're so in love with me, I think I'll die for them. Is that true? No, it's not true. No. We were the worst of the worst. We were sinners. Yet, he died for us. He died for us that we might have eternal life. And if he died for us, then we need to be like, to, in order to be like Jesus, we have to be willing to die for others. Now, he doesn't, we don't need another sacrifice because you can't, you, you, it wouldn't be good anyway because we're, we're born of Adam, so we, we, we won't work. But, we can really give up our, our suke, our, our self-life, our, our will, emotions. We can give that up. We can do that. We can sacrifice that. And how would you sacrifice that? By saying, you know, not my will be done, but your will be done. That's a rare thing. In some marriages, isn't it? In some areas, it's fine because um, when it's something that I don't care about, I say, sweetheart, not my will be done, but your will be done. <laughs> you know, it sounds good, but, but we know that God knows it, it, it doesn't fly. It doesn't hold water. It only means something when is something very important to me. Very important to me. Like uh, yesterday, um, Alabama was playing somebody. It was the number one team playing against another. And she said, can I turn it on there? Oh, man, the game on. Uh, and what she did was say, well, you know what? I'll go in, in, in the bedroom and I'll do some things. I said, no, I'll go downstairs. She said, no, you stay up here, you know. No, I'll, uh, I'll go in the bedroom. And you know I can't watch a lot of games anyway because I told you that. Uh, so it was a game zone all, all, all day and all afternoon and through the night. But I said, I'll, I'll watch part of one of them. And that's the, that's the Alabama game. And it would have been great if I would have said, sweetheart, you stay up here and you watch, you know, TV and, you know, watch, watch what you want to watch. 
I'm going to go in my office and I'll study some more. Wouldn't that have been nice? I'm not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. But I think we all understand and know that God has given us the Holy Spirit so that he can develop us to be more like Jesus. More like Jesus. Because I think all of us are selfish to a certain extent. Uh, especially when it's things that uh, we really feel passionate about. We want our way. And God wants us to um, think about others more than ourselves if it's not a doctrinal error type of situation. So I'm working on it, and that's why I said that we need to practice, practice, practice the character of Christ. So the first thing we have to know about Jesus Christ is that He's passionate about the lost. And that's why we have a conference coming up to help us with uh, being more passionate about the lost and also learning how to uh, share our faith uh, with uh, people who, who might not uh, yet be saved. Also, God wants us to, he wants to use us. Wherever he sends us, he wants to use us. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. 10, verse 16. It says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, he was talking, of course, to his disciples. He sent them out by twos. But doesn't he send us out every day? We go somewhere just about every day. I go to the um, grocery store sometime. I go to the, um, uh, sometime I go to the vitamin store. I go different places. And when I was uh, working uh, as a teacher and coach, I went to school every day. Uh, most of us, most of you go to work every day, don't you? Most of you, not everybody, but, but uh, some of you go to work every day. You're being sent out. Now, what are you going to do when you go out? Well, he wants to use us. As we go out, regardless of where we go, he wants to use us. It says in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. And so if we are not above him, that means that, as verse 25 says, it is enough for the the disciple to be become like his teacher and the slave like his master. And if they call the head of the 
of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign the members of his household? So we can watch Jesus and see that, okay, Jesus went out. He did good. He went about doing good. He, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He, he, he fed them. He did a lot of good things. And so as we go out, we should do the same thing. We should be willing to be used and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit for him to tell us, what should I do? Use me if you want me to. If you want to be used, hey, use me, Lord. Use me. And sometimes it might be somebody in the grocery store. It might be somebody in the vitamin store. It might be somebody uh, when you're getting gasoline that's uh, next to you. It might be somebody at your work that you can reach out to that God might say, that person right there, they're going through a hard time. Talk to them. Share your testimony with them. And if you're like me, you say, well, why should I put myself in a situation where I'm uncomfortable? Why would God want to do that to me? Because he knows that uh, I don't like to talk to people I don't know. And some people don't have the personality to do that. Some people are, are kind of shy. And others are bold. But God can use both, can he? And so I want to be used. I want to be like my master. So I have to pray and ask him to help me be more like you, Lord. More like you. I need to be more like you. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the only way we're going to become like him. There's no way you're going to you're going to pray for someone who's sick and they get well if you, if you fear talking to somebody. No way. No way. We see people all the time going through things and we hear about it, especially at the workplace. They're going through some things and we don't say anything. And I want that to change. And God wants to change in me and in you. And so he says that it's very important for you to understand that I want you to go to a higher level in your personal outreach. Your personal outreach. Not only do I want you to go to a higher level in your intimacy with me, but that intimacy is supposed to uh, draw you closer to me. It's supposed to, uh, are we supposed to be one? And then you're supposed to be able and willing to do whatever I ask you to do. And part of that is Reaching out to the lost, because I'm very sensitive to the lost. I gave my life for the lost, so I want you to reach out to them. Now, that is what God is asking us to do. And I don't know uh, whether you're willing to do that or not, but I know that we should be. Look at verse 32 of this same Matthew 10. So therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him 
before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. And that's, that becomes a rude awakening because I don't want to deny my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ even though it's not politically correct to sometimes pray in public or to call upon the name of Jesus in public or, or pray for somebody in public right in the grocery store or something like that that might not be politically correct. But who cares? Really, who cares? Because I want Jesus to confess me before the Father in heaven on that day. I don't want him to say, well, you denied me. You, you, you know, when it, when it came to uh, things I asked you to do, you were, you rather to not mention my name. But we should be willing to, to say, uh, somebody say, you know, say, uh, you know, I'm having a problem in my, in my hip or something. Like, like say, say, um, Mr. Dorsey, you've had a hip replacement, and I'm sure people have had knee impl- knee replacements. Is that, is that is that right, Lyndon? And God will put you in a path of somebody else who who having knee problems, hip problems, or uh, allergies, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, somebody should see you, Rebecca, you know, interacting with your kids at the grocery store. And they say, well, how do you, how do they, they kind of just follow you. They don't be whining about this and that. How do you do that? You should be willing to say it's because. I teach them the word of God. I tell them about Jesus, and I tell them what Jesus wants. And so uh, I tell them how they need to act because they are representing him in the grocery store. We should be willing to do that. We should be willing. I was talking to a person, and um, they said, well, You know, I have a problem in this area. I, I can't stop smoking. And so I remember Minerva told me that her father used to smoke, and her father prayed and said, God, if you will take the smoking away, I'll serve you the rest of the days of my life. I think that's what he said. And how long did it take? Instantly. Instantly. He had no more desire to smoke. None. Zilch. Zilch. And so, you see, if he were talking to somebody and they say, uh, uh, they say, well, yeah, I've, I've been trying to quit smoking. Didn't you use smoke? See, he, he could say he's deceased now, but he could have said, I, I used to smoke, 
But I ask God to come into my life and take this thing away, and I'll serve him the rest of the days of my life. And he just took it away. How many people do you think smoke in Lynchburg, Amherst, surrounding counties? A lot. How many people you think don't want to smoke? Probably a lot of them. But they don't know how to stop. Wouldn't it be nice if you could go, now you, you can. You can use somebody else's testimony until you have one of your own, and you can use the biblical uh, testimonies until you have some of your own. And you never have, I hope you never have the one about smoking. But uh, you could say, hey, it was, a, it was a lady in our congregation. Her father used to smoke, and he said that he just called out the name of the Lord and said, if you, if you would take this away, I'll serve you the rest of the days of my life. And instantly, God took it away. Do you want, you want me to pray with you? Wouldn't that be nice? We could, say that in, we could, we could do that in a grocery store. We can do it uh, at a vitamin store. We can do it on our job. We can do it a lot of places because you know on a job, uh, they, they, they don't allow smoking usually, but they, you have to go outside. But you see them. Now, I want you to be able to use Minerva's father's testimony. And, and you, don't, you don't know Minerva's father, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can use it as, 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 as just an entryway to say, hey, this is what they did. I'll pray with you if you want me to. But we have to be bold enough to step out to do it, don't we? Because you won't, if it's on your job, you'll know the person probably. But if it's in the store, you probably won't know the person. But we're going to have to trust God. Because that's what God said. He said he wants our trust to go to a higher level in him. Because that's the way to develop innocence is to take our trust in him to a higher level. Because he's not going to let anything happen to us. He said, well, this man might pull out a gun and shoot me, and then he's still smoking. You know? <laughs> well, the, the devil's going to always try to put fear in our lives. And we don't want that. We don't want fear. We want faith, don't we? And so that's what he wants to do. Now, let's, let's go to the last scripture that I have here. That's in Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 2. Let's go there. Verse 1. God wants us to witness corporately as well as individually, and individually as well as, as corporately. And we do corporate things a lot of times. I know that every week on the third Sunday, we have a group of people to go over to the, um, I guess it's Jefferson House, Jefferson House is that correct? Uh, and we have a homeless uh, place for women, uh, the Miriam's House, we've been to also. Uh, so, we, we do things corporately, but he wants us to do things individually also. Verse 1, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving 
be made on behalf of all men. It takes prayer. Once we know that we can't save anybody, because we can't. Jesus says that no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And that's true. It's in John. The Gospel of John. And since we know that, prayer is very important. Praying for the lost, praying for the church, praying for those who are not yet saved. Praying is very important. Because prayer works. It works. And I'll, I'll advise you to pray, pray, pray. Because that's what God is going to use to soften the hearts of people. And so uh, the people who have grandchildren and people who have children with children, but their children are not saved, you know, I said God gave, gave us a strategy to start trying to get the grandchildren saved, and you end up saving your son or daughter also because their grandchild is going to talk about Jesus when they get home. They're going to say, yeah, they want to, uh, she wants to pray with their parents and stuff like that uh, because they pray over, over our house. And so it's, it's going to happen. And I really, I really thank you all so much for uh, what you did when we had the uh, Grandparents' Day because we had people to come. And uh, you were very nice, as usual, to those who you didn't know, you could talk to them and things like that. One of them was uh, one of the children of one of our members, and uh, their grandchild comes, and they bring the grandchild, uh, but their parents normally don't come. But they came. They've been here now, I think, the girls, the, the, the latest daughter been here three times, and her husband has been twice, only because of their grandchild. And I'm telling you, if God gives you a strategy, we need to do it, don't we? We need to do it. And so God wants us to pray, 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 pray. In verse 3, it says, this is good and acceptable. In the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everybody saved, all men to be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. If we're going to have the heart of God, we're going to have to do that if we, because he says so. But it's one thing I want to point out in this verse. He says that. He said that it's his desire for all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. We usually emphasize the saved part, which is important. But to come into the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the truth, what knowledge is that? And that was pointed out to me, uh, I guess it was this week, that that knowledge is the same knowledge as in Peter. You remember we talked about it? That 
once you practice these things, they'll make you neither fruitless or um, in, in the knowledge of God, the complete knowledge. It's not that, it's not that knowledge that, that's fragmented. It's the knowledge that's complete. That means that he wants everybody to know him. He wants everybody to experience him. He wants everybody to develop intimacy with him. Not only does he want everybody saved, he wants everybody to, to uh, experience that in- intimacy with him. And I hadn't seen that before. I read it many times, quoted, but see, I had never looked up that, that word and then put it with the other one. I said, oh, man, God just, just doesn't want people saved. He wants them to come into the knowledge, the full knowledge, that intimacy with him. So that means that we can't just get people saved just to say something. Uh, one, one, one person was, was talking, and uh, you, you know who it is, Sam. It's, it's the person who I showed a video on him sometime. Uh, he's the person who knows so much history about our founding fathers and all like that. Yeah, okay, that, that, that one wall builds, uh-huh, that, that man. He, he knows so much. He said, he said look. You can teach a parrot, a parrot, a parrot now. You know what, we know what a parrot is on that thing? We know, you teach a, a parrot to say the sinner's prayer. So what, is he going to be a saved parrot? Or, uh, you know, in other words, he's saying that we got to go further than that. We got to understand, we got to explain to people about what they are doing. Not just repeat after me, because... That's not what it's all about. It's about really understanding what you're saying because we want people say, truly say. We don't want somebody just to, just to, well, like I was when I when I got when I joined the church when I was young, uh, going to church with my mother, uh, just going up because everybody else went up and stuff like that. We, we don't we don't want people just saying words because what they're gonna think is they are truly saved. And then they are not going to try to be really become like Christ because they're going to tell you, I gave my life to Christ when I was young. I gave my life to Christ uh, two weeks ago in the grocery store. Well, somebody going to have to work with that person. Somebody going to have to help that person along. You wouldn't just birth a baby and just leave the baby there and we're not going to help the baby to grow up, feed the baby. It's the same thing about here what God's saying, that I want all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of the truth, the, the intimacy with, with me. Will you spend the time with people helping them? And if they say, oh, I gave my life to Christ, great, praise God, because I can't judge anybody, you can't judge anybody, but who we can do is say, hey, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. Let, let's now, um, we got this Bible study going over here on Wednesday, on, is it Wednesday night? On Wednesday night. And, and I want you to come to it. I'm going to come with you. You say, well, I don't want to tell them that because I, you know, I, I man, I, I watch TV. I get my special program come on, on Wednesday night. No, you want to be able to sacrifice for the sake of Christ because you want that person to come into the, Complete, full knowledge of Christ. Not only just being saved. That's important. Okay? And that's what God gave me. I said, man, this is, this is really cool. Because now, uh, it's not about just salvation. 
which is important. But you can't leave it at that. You've got to take it further. Because there's so many people told me, uh, you ask them, uh, are you born again? You can ask them, are you saved? You can ask them anything you want to. When did you give your life to Christ? You can ask them, and they say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm saved, I'm, I'm fine. And there is no fruit whatsoever. Zilch. Fruit. But you still can't say, they're not saved. But what we can do is help them along. And, and sometimes they won't come to you to a, a Bible study because uh, they, they don't want to be around people they don't know. But they will let you come over their, their house. You say, hey, uh, I got a, a, a little booklet and stuff I, wanna, I want us to go through together. Would you allow me to do that? Sure. Because they, they, they know you, they'll let you do that with them. But you've got to be willing because you know that God says, it's my desire that all be saved and come into the what? Knowledge of the truth. That's that full intimacy. And see, I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't connected that before. And I said, man, God, this changes things because uh, it's, no, it's good for me to ask that question, but it really doesn't really matter if they are not... If they don't have any fruit, then they need to start coming into the knowledge. It might start with fragmented knowledge. You know, it might start with fragmented knowledge, which is okay. And we're going to start practicing and practicing and practicing until we have the full knowledge. But it takes time to do that. It takes time. So that's what we want to do. And so we have I've gone over two things of the five that God wants us to do. The first thing I said God wants us to do to take things to a higher level is that he wants us to take intimacy with him to a higher level. Then the second thing he wants us to do is that he wants to take our personal witnessing, our personal uh, outreach to a higher level. He wants us to do that. And you say, well, how do I know that God told you that? That's a good question, isn't it? You know, because I said, uh, but you know, I said, I believe God told me. I usually don't say, thus says the Lord. I don't usually say that because uh, I want to make sure that, uh, that I'm not saying something that's not true. Okay? Uh, but one thing for sure, you know, that when I teach, I'm going to teach the word of God. So therefore, whether he told me or whether he didn't is written. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.